finally, after months of talk, after speculation, after hashtags, after Tank for Tua talk, after breaking down injuries and draft mocks and all this stuff, Tua Tungavaloa, it is official, is entering the 2020 NFL Draft, and now we can put it into place on what that means for the Miami Dolphins. Will Manso alongside Dookie Lang. Clay Furrow is out with the Saints flu. <laughs> uh, not able to make it today. That how, one, how long a flu is two that? Two to three weeks, unfortunately. Actually, it may last until after February 2nd because Clay had his heart set on seeing the Saints in the Super Bowl in Miami. Uh, and unfortunately, they won't be. So I feel terrible for him. I've had the Giants flu for like uh, I, nine uh, months. Almost now. a decade. Yeah. I've had the Giants flu. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> we are talking, though, about Tua Tagovailoa and Tua making that decision official. Dookie, we, again, had talked about it so many times in the pod. And I had, in my mind, it was never a doubt he was coming out. The only question would be the injury situation. And given the hip injury and the surgery and what that meant, could there be a reason for him to stay? Now, once he got the all clear, uh, again, I never saw it as a situation where he had any reason to go back to Alabama, nor would he go back to Alabama unless there was something really significant. But now with the injury situation looking good, meaning he went to New York and it seems like he got a, a positive review according to everything that's out there, there's no reason why he shouldn't enter the draft and NFL teams couldn't see that information and see that he's going to make a full recovery. And if you're the Miami Dolphins and their fans, you're sitting there at number five going, it's two a time. I don't think there was any medical diagnosis or any scenario in which it was a better idea to go back to school than it was to go pro. I think if you look at the situation, okay, well, well, let's, 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 let's even assume, I want you to, let's just okay. say if it was significant enough where NFL teams would be a red flag where he wouldn't go in the first round or in the top 15, I could see how that would be an issue. That's I, the only way I could have seen I it would, as an issue. Look, the bottom line is this. Would you rather heal and train and try to come back for free or would you rather heal and train and prepare while making a bunch of money? I well, mean, the, a, bunch, it's that, a bunch and 30, 40 million are two different things. Like well, a bunch of money is good. 30, 40 million is better. But right. And free is the alternative. So to me, the nightmare scenario for Tua would be going back to school and not being healthy. Because at that point, if he comes back, let's say he decided to come back, which he didn't, and everything was progressing along and he had a setback, or he got hurt with a different injury, well, now he's not an NFL player. So he ha maybe he has an insurance policy, but that's very limited. Okay. Well, again, an NFL team, though, without proper medical documentation right. that he is progressing, wasn't going to take him top 10. You're just not going to take him on on a Google search of his stats and highlights on YouTube. You have to get medical information that he is progressing and making a recovery. And from what it sounds like, again, and Tua didn't really elaborate too much on it during the news conference, but it's pretty clear that he's happy where things stand, that he feels confident that he may actually even be able to work out for teams at some point. Uh, he didn't guarantee that. He did say he doesn't think that it's something that he couldn't play next year. He still is shooting for playing next year. That kind of information has to some, come with some sort of medical information that he is getting and some positive feedback he's getting about his recovery. And I just think that whatever information he gets, it's to his benefit to move on. Also, look at the totality of his college career, right? His freshman year, he comes in, he throws the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game at the University of Alabama. He's already a legend. One throw, right? Mm -hmm. Walk-off touchdown to a championship. Second year, he comes back, wins almost every award, didn't win the Heisman, but gets Alabama to the national championship game. They lose to Clemson. 
Third year he comes back, he's great again. Gets hurt once, right? Mm-hmm. High ankle, needs surgery. Rushes back, gets hurt twice. Hip, second surgery. Okay, so now in year three, he's had two surgeries. Why? Why would anybody with aspirations to play at a higher level at that point go back to no, amateur I, I, athletics? Look, I, I think so it's I, I don't think, a no-brainer. I don't think... I don't think like as hard as he made it sound, and and I'll tell you this, and and this is just my 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 interpretation of what I saw during his news conference. I think he's a smart kid. I think he's a classy kid. I think he's a legend at Alabama, and I think it was very important for him to look graceful about it, to look gracious, to look like it was more difficult than it may necessarily well, have. If he went up there and, and threw up two peace signs and said, I'm rich and I'm out of here, yeah. that's one no, thing. So he showed, proper, he, yeah, he, he showed proper deference to the University of Alabama, but I don't think at any point in time he was coming back. Well, I, I think only the injury situation. I, I think if he doesn't suffer that injury and it's a clean season and he gets through the end of the year, I think he comes out without any, any kind of uh, trepidation or, or questions or anything. I think the bottom line was, I think the injury just kind of maybe put a little doubt in his mind, but that little doubt really didn't need much to be overcome by. And obviously that in the, in this case, that's it. He's coming out. He, he's going to be in the NFL draft, and if all indications are that he is progressing, I would think that there are going to be a handful of teams that will do whatever they can to get in there and get him in that top 10 range. And obviously, you know, I started by saying the Miami Dolphins have the fifth pick in the draft. Fifth pick in the draft. They are in prime to a position. There is going to be a lot of talk from now to April. And April 23rd, I think, is the exact date of the draft in Las Vegas. There's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, whether the Dolphins have to move up and what is this and other teams jumping ahead. Let's lay it out there for the Dolphins. And I'll keep it as simple as possible, Dookie, and I think you'll agree with me. If the Miami Dolphins want Tua Tungvalu, they're going to get Tua. Because unless for some reason the Bengals fall in love with Tua and they don't care about Joe Burrow and they want Tua, they're the only ones who can truly dictate that number one spot. If they really love Tua, they're going to take him. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there's anything to think that they would pass on Joe Burrow for Tua, but stranger things have happened. I think Miami, given all their draft pick capital and what they've done in the last year or so in in moves and trades and all the tank talk was all about acquiring assets for the future. Well, the future is now, and Tua could be a big part of that future. So those assets now is when you use them. So whether the Dolphins feel through their intel and their research and their interviews and all the things that they can get Tua at five, great. If they think they have to move up to three to get him, great. But the bottom line is this. If they want Tua, I think he's there for the taking. You know, I don't think it's that easy, actually. Okay, so let's break down the team. Let's let's just break down the top five because that's basically every team ahead of the Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati Bengals have the number one pick. They're taking Joe Burrow done. Case closed, right? I don't think anybody has any doubt. Second, Washington Redskins. Third, Detroit Lions. Fourth, New York Giants. What do those three teams all have in common? Oh, they all have quarterbacks. Uh, they have quarterbacks in the sense of, you know, you're looking at, at the teams ahead of the Dolphins, right? You just mentioned. you got Dwayne Haskins, who got drafted last year. We've seen stranger things happen. We saw with Josh Rosen, they took Kyler Murray. I don't think that the Redskins are going to be in that position. I think they're looking at Chase Young. I think you look at the Lions with Matthew Stafford and a head coach who's trying to play for his job, who this year, Matt Patricia, who say, you know, he, he got another year, which I think a lot of people may have been surprised about after a tough season. And they have the Giants who are going to have a new head coach coming in, and they just drafted Daniel Jones. Okay, so to me, what I see in those three teams is they're all terrible. 
Okay. Well, I mean, if you're in the top five, and, you're terrible. The Dolphins okay, are terrible so, too. So let's so let's let's work from the premise that they're terrible. When you're a terrible team, what do you need? You need a lot. You need a lot well, of it players. Starts with the quarterback, though. of course. No, no question. The quarterback's the most position. But I'm I, again. I'm only talking about those three teams. I'm talking about Washington. I'm talking about Detroit, and I'm talking about the Giants. They're three terrible teams, and they all have a lot of needs. Okay? I mean, that's what bad teams. That's why you're in the so, top of the draft. So the issue is. With those three teams, they now know. Let if the Miami Dolphins are in love with Tua Tagovailoa and they want Tua to be their pick, the problem for them is not Washington, who has Dwayne Haskins, who's set at quarterback. It's not the Giants, who have Daniel Jones, and it may not even be Detroit because Detroit may not necessarily like Tua, although they're probably going to want a quarterback at some point. But the question is. Other teams could come out of nowhere and try to leapfrog yeah, but the you Dolphins. Need capital. That's that's the point that's of the correct. conversation. The Dolphins. There is no team in the NFL but sitting at five. There's no team in the NFL who has more draft capital to be able to make a move than the Miami Dolphins. Then they so would have to make a move. And, uh, if they they feel like it, sure. Look, the Giants. But fell in love with Daniel Jones. They waited till six. They they didn't wait till later. They got it at six. But they, there are people who think that the Dolphins can just sit at five. And he and and you they know may be able to and and they just up. and you just do out your mock draft and you go okay well uh, Burrow's going to go number one pass rusher from Ohio State Chase Young goes two uh, Detroit's going to take a lineman Giants are going to take a I, I don't know what the Giants are going to take what are the Giants going to take well, it doesn't matter they're, 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 they're not gonna, they're not going to take Tua corner right they'll take a cornerback they're going to take not Tua and then boom there's Tua at five and life is good could be but what I am saying is that. You have three horrible teams with lots of needs, and they have something that the Dolphins want. But here's the thing. So but, the, but why does that matter? So go it, get them. So that's the point. I think, it, number go one, it's going to cost them. And sure. Num- that's and, why you got all these the picks. Qu- and the question, and the, and what's really, you know. Do you remember what the Giants traded for Eli Manning? Uh, number one, they traded the first round pick. Yeah, yes. do, you, do you remember? It was a bunch of stuff. Do you remember it all? Uh, yeah, just say no, because no, you don't. No, no, I don't. no. Do you remember who those players became? I think there was a linebacker in there at some point. Do, do, from San Diego. Yes or no? Yes or no? Do you remember the names of the players? Of all Not the off players? the top of my head. No, no. I remember point, Eli. The point is, right. when you get your guy, none of that matters. Right. If you're the Dolphins, just get who you want. If look, and by the way, we're having this conversation, assuming that that two is the Dolphins guy. He right. May not be. And that's and maybe Justin Herbert. I mean, and that's that's the thing that I find interesting, concerning, and and again, okay, now I'm only going to speak for my my opinion and my analysis, and believe me. I could be wrong, <laughs> and he could be Drew Brees 2.0, or he could be Dan Marino 2.0, and he could be the fran- he could be the franchise quarterback for the next 20 years. I, only speaking for myself, I'm not Chris Greer, I'm not an evaluator. Based on what I've seen, and based on the multiple injuries that he's had, and based on the fact that generally speaking, at Alabama, when Alabama plays another team, their offensive line is significantly better than most defensive lines that they play. So he has incredible protection in college. Given that he got hurt twice, badly, requiring mm-hmm. surgery, to me, it's a gigantic red flag. I'm not interested. That's ju- that's You're not interested in two years. I'm I'm not interested. I do not want him at 5. I do not want him at 18. I do I I don't I don't think that the Dolphins should hitch you're their not, wagon. Not, by the way, you're not alone in that. Thought. I, the, and and, a, and he could, a crazy he, could idea. he could turn into a Hall of Famer. So these things are hit or miss. You know, I could say one guy's gonna be. I mean, it's really a bit of a guessing game, right? My personal opinion is I err on the side of not having multiple surgeries with the top five pick. So I don't like it at five. The idea that maybe Detroit is able to finagle, maybe uh, hey, the Dolphins, you're gonna have to give up five 
18 and a second round pick next year in order to move up to three to go and get Tua or whatever deal they concoct. If the Dolphins have to spend draft capital to make the move to get the guy who I think is injury prone, mm-hmm. I like it even less. But again, like but you that's said, your that, right? That and, is and that way, is strictly my not, opinion. You're not that's alone totally in just that my opinion, and Look, I haven't I changed that. I like, don't think there's a consensus 100, percent and not that there ever is when it comes to draft picks. But I don't think there's a consensus out there that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be an elite superstar. That he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. Go down the list. Of I mean, great I, quarters. I watched you know, today. I heard a comparison: a left-handed Drew Brees. Look, yeah. there's no, there's no guarantee of that. But I will say this. If if Chris Greer and the Dolphins front office and their scouts and, and, and Brian Flores and as they look at Tua and they believe that he's anything close to that, they're going to get him. They're going to take him because here's the thing. You don't want to be wrong. It can really set you back to be wrong. Yeah, well, we look, the, the, Drew Brees, the Drew Brees versus Dante Culpepper decision. Set the Dolphins back another decade it plus. It set the Dolphins back a decade plus. And, it, and, and the, the funny thing about all of this, as it kind of comes full circle with them, is it was a medical decision, right? Yeah. It, it basically came down to... The Dolphins didn't think Drew Brees was healthy enough, and oh, well, by the way, that's why. And and so his and, talent is so important. Do yeah. you believe in his talent? Because once you get the medicals cleared, if if you believe in his talent, great. There's nothing medically that they could say if you don't believe he's that kind of guy talent wise. Then there's nothing that some medical and some doctor and some reports going to say about his hip injury that's going to make you say, oh, you know what, his hip's better. Let's take a shot on him. No, they have to believe in his talent and that he's that kind of guy. I personally believe that you don't, and that's okay. What the Dolphins believe is all that's going to matter in the end. Yeah. What other teams believe to be able to jump out there and get him? Because I don't think the Dolphins will be alone if they're the, if the Dolphins love him. I don't think they'll be alone in loving him. Put it that way. I think they'll yeah, be a handful I, of teams. It's funny. They asked uh, one of the things I was watching to his news conference, and they said, uh, "How many general managers have you spoken to?" Because he said, "You know, in my conversations with teams and general managers." So he was consulting with teams and general managers as he was making his decision. He goes, "Too many." <laughs> that's that's what he said. He said they asked him specifically how many general oh, managers saw, have he spoke to. Chris he said Greer, two. Many. Yeah. We saw Chris Greer. Chris Greer went to the the bowl to game, the, bowl the Capital day. One bowl yeah, game. Yeah, no, yeah. Alabama was in. We saw. I look. There's no secret to. There is an interest there, and as there should be. By the way, the Dolphins should be doing the research on Tua. They should be doing the research on Justin Herbert, on Jordan Love. You go down the list of the quarterbacks that are expected to be the top five or six QBs in this draft. The Dolphins should. As all teams looking for quarterbacks, study every angle of those QBs, meet with them, watch their workouts, the combine, whatever it is that they're involved in. By the way, uh, since it's an emergency pod, doesn't mean we have to forget about our sponsor today. Fair Motors! When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, New York, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, New York, GMC. Vera Cadillac, New York, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. To your point about the picks and the assets and, and, and likely having to go get them, Here's the deal. I mentioned earlier that I think that this is why the Dolphins set this up, right? I have gotten a lot on social media in particular and also read in other areas where like, oh, this team has so many holes. You don't want to just give up all your draft picks. This is why they did it. You do, in this case, for your quarterback, you do. Look, the Dolphins, are they're not going to give up all their draft picks because they have a ton of draft picks. I mean, they have three in the first round. They have two in next year's first round. They have multiple second rounders. They have third third rounders. I mean, the Dolphins are stacked with picks the next two years. Trust me, even if they have to move up to three or two to get two if that's what they want, they will have plenty of other picks to fill holes 
and an enormous amount of cap space. So the Dolphins are going to be busy this offseason and next offseason in signing players, drafting players, building the offensive line, building the needs that they, the so many needs that they have. But the number one thing that matters is finding that quarterback. And if they could do it now, you do it now and you don't worry about what picks it takes. Conviction. That's what it's about. You need to have conviction about your quarterback. It's funny to me, Will, that you say people on social media are reaching out and saying, oh, they have so many other holes. If any franchise in the entire NFL should understand the importance of getting it right at quarterback, it should be the Miami Dolphins. Because if you look at the clown car of quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. have been through this town since Dan Marino, with probably the exception of what, Jay Fiedler, who won a playoff game, and Chad Pennington, who had a good year, and, you know, just a few exceptions. If you look at just the parade of unsuccess, John Beck. I mean, look, and, R- let's, uh, let's not dismiss, Ryan Tannehill was a very solid quarterback. Yeah, for his time completely here. mediocre. He, but he, I, don't, I wouldn't even go that. He was a solid quarterback. He just wasn't the next level guy, which is, again, what you, what you shoot for, right? When the, Dolph, when the Giants tra- uh, drafted Daniel Jones, right, and the Redskins tra- uh, drafted da- uh, Dwayne Haskins this last year, there was a lot of questions about what kind of player they can really be, right? If they turn out to be the next Ryan Tannehill, in their eyes, that's the failure, right? Because he's just, they're just good quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. NFL that have some success. They're fine. They last a while. You're hoping for the next Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, as far as impact, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not similar type players, no, but as but, far as the, the way, the ability to impact and lead a team to wins. You want the guy. But I, yeah. I, what, I, what I don't understand about what you said in terms of the, the response that you're getting is... I would think that people would understand that not all positions are created equal on an the NFL field. The quarterback is the most important the quarterback position is, in the NFL if, period. On a scale of, of 1 to 100, a quarterback's 100, and the next most important position's a 70. Like, it's so much more important. So if the Dolphins do nothing this offseason but nail whatever franchise quarterback is going to be the guy for the next 15 huge years step. who's good. Huge step. That's then they've the had a success. That's it. That's the then, then everything else. By the way, based is, on everything the else's, let's just details. say the Dolphins build a good old line and they get they get they sign quality depth and they get key positions and they hit on some gems in the third and fourth round. That's great. If you don't find your quarterback, none of it matters. I, I'll give I'll give you a perfect example. Will we both enjoy the New York Football Giants, right? If Daniel Jones is the guy for the next fifteen years, which I think you and I are probably gonna guess, he's the guy. And the only thing the Giants have done in the last twelve months is get that decision right, and they got their quarterback, okay, they have a direction. Yeah, like, I, they I they have a I direction. I you can say that about so, a lot of teams. And, and so, a lot of teams. And so the point now for the Miami Dolphins is they need a guy. Tua being in the mix, I think it certainly makes things interesting. You know what else I think is interesting? And this is this is a little out there, but you know I like to be a little out there. Let's suppose for a second that the Dolphins don't like Tua Tonga-Vailoa, okay? Let's suppose that, they, mm-hmm. that, they're, that their evaluators, somehow I've influenced their evaluators and their evaluators are, have injury concerns about him and think he's more Pat White than Drew Brees, okay? Mm-hmm. The fact that he's coming out is beneficial to every team that has a high draft pick because other teams are going to be giving up their capital to try to get over the Dolphins. Yeah. So it creates a type of chaos that even if the Dolphins aren't in on the Tua sweepstakes, they will be the beneficiary of. So Tua coming out, whether the Dolphins take him or not, in my opinion, mm-hmm. actually helps the Dolphins. Oh, because I think it helps if, any of the top because five if, teams. Because if, yeah. if there's, let's say the Indianapolis Colts really, really are not sold 
on uh, Jacoby Brissett, and they th- and they want their next Andrew Luck, and they think it's Tua. They're going to have to pay a premium. They're going to take themselves out of the game, and maybe the Dolphins didn't like Tua all along. It's very, very hard to determine. The other thing that I was thinking about today, well, mm-hmm. and this is kind of funny, all this tank talk. I thought to myself, well, man, you know, Dolphins have all this draft capital, and you look at the Dolphins' season, right? One of the things that they did as they were acquiring this capital is they kept getting rid of players. They were getting rid of players and getting rid of players. So the essentially, the franchise was tanking, but the team, the guys who were coming in off the street on Wednesday and playing on Sunday, those guys were not tanking, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Flores would not allow them to tank. But I could tell you one move Brian Flores could have made throughout the season with one move, okay, and he could have put the Dolphins probably at number two, probably with the number two pick, and not made a single roster change. He could have made one move. I start Josh Rosen. He could have started Josh yeah, Rosen. I That's it. it. And and they, but, but, you know, but but you know what though? You know. But but the interesting thing about it is that I think that the gain in credibility that he got in that locker room by playing Fitz versus playing Rosen, even though those wins, some people are like, oh, if they don't have those wins, they move up. I think the the establishing that they have a coach that they can trust and mm-hmm. a coach who is playing to win and a coach who has values and a coach who is competitive and all the things that they want to try to establish and a coach who's not a joke. Because they've had a lot of jokes as coaches. I think that was almost worth it. I think falling from, say, three to five or two to five to know that you have a guy. I can't tell you if Brian Flores is going to be here in 15 years. I don't know that. But I can tell you he's going to be here in two years. I, th- yeah, I tell you, because I think, I, th- a- I think he established a credibility, but it's just it's just funny to me thinking about it. For they made a thousand roster moves this year. They signed nine hundred guys, most of whom we didn't even hear of. If we reported every guy they signed, that would be the only thing we reported in our sports casts. We you couldn't report they have a new linebacker, they have a new safety. They signed this guy from the practice squad. They sent that guy to. There were guys who you you said it. You cover the Miami Dolphins for a living. Half the time there are guys on the field you never I heard did, of. I never heard of them. All those moves, one move, Rosen instead of Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins probably lose to the Bengals. <laughs> probably, they, they could be looking at Joe Burrow. Like it's, it's, it's that, I get it, but here's the but, deal. But, but they, they wouldn't have a coach. They, the so Dolphins, it's interesting. I, I actually am fine with the way the Dolphins handled this season because I think that they did tank, per se, in the way that you're supposed to tank. And that is shed yourself of contracts, get rid of veterans that you know aren't going to be here in the future, even if those veterans make you better at the moment, acquire draft picks, get cap space, and concentrate on the future. Now, if in the present, because of your staff getting the most out of players and guys playing hard, you win a few extra games, that's fine. It's in the spirit of competition. But what they did around that spirit of competition and the spirit of the future and rebuilding, they did it right. They didn't go out there. They and they didn't go out there and say we're tanking. We're just going to lose every game. They went out there and say, "Hey, we're rebuilding this. We're probably not going to have the best product we could put on, but we're doing it with the understanding that we're going to have a ton of draft capital. We're going to have a ton of cap space, and we're going to be in a position where they are right now. That if we fall in love with a player, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa or someone else, we have the ability to go up and get them, and still have enough picks and money to go fill out our roster in other places. I love where the Dolphins are now." I think right now, as crazy as it sounds, the Dolphins are in the best position they have been 
in well over a decade. When you look at the mediocre ten and nine and seven teams that that night flirt with ten and six, nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine, that were making playoffs and losing that one, you know, the one game a few years ago, the one from fifteen years back, all the seven and nine teams that fell just a game or two short of the playoffs, they were never in the position they're in now for the future. There was never that real hope and real ability to get good fast as they're in now. Does that mean it will happen? I don't know. They could make all the wrong choices. They could spend all the wrong money on free agents. They could bomb the quarterback situation. And this could be an awful franchise for another decade. But it certainly isn't for lack of preparation and setting themselves up to get it right. So let me let me ask you this before we take off. Let's say they do draft Tua, just for fun. Whether they whether so. they move up, they Biggest don't move star up. in town if they that, do. Well, that, that was my question. R- rank him on the galaxy of South Florida sports stars. If the, if if well, by mid-April, the Heat are in the playoffs, the, uh, the Dolphins draft Tua, Miami FC's playing. Obviously, the Marlins starts, start their season. Who's uh, where, mean, where does Tua rank in the galaxy of South Florida stars? Look, there's no doubt the Heat right now in this town, but we've said it over and over, and I've said as much as I love the Heat, covering the Heat, watching the Heat, they have been the class and, and successful franchise that this town has had for the last 15, 20 years. The championships, Jimmy Butler's the star in this town. Bam Adebayo is the rising star in this town. But if the Dolphins draft Tua Tungvaloa and he is their future quarterback, that's going to be the jersey that every kid is buying. That's going to be the jersey that every kid in South Florida, and by the way, every adult, too, that wants a jersey is going to be buying. They're still going to love Jimmy. They're still going to love the Vice jerseys. They're still going to root for the Heat in the playoffs. They're still going to hope that the Heat, they, it's almost like that given that the Heat are going to be there. The Heat are under, you know they're getting it right. But if the Dolphins can finally get it right, everybody's going to ride that to a train until hopefully it leads to something positive because this town has been starving for Dolphins' success for close to two decades since Dan Marino left. Do they sell and Tua reti- crutches? You know, so you could rep like the last. So we're going to end this podcast. All the positivity ended with an absolute <laughs> negative. Tua Tagovailoa is going pro. Tua Tagovailoa is going to be there for the Miami Dolphins for the taking if they want, in some way, form, or fashion. And we're probably going to talk about this 100 times from now until April 23rd. But that's a good thing. Let's go eat some vegetable soup. Let's do it. <laughs>